This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Did we settle on a poll question, Seaton? Paul sent one in. Uh, Drew Holiday is a Hall of Famer or a Hall of Very Gooder? Okay. I added the good. It's Hall of Very Good, but I like Gooder. Gooder, okay. Yeah. Like Famer and Gooder? Yeah, Hall of Famer, Hall of Very Gooder. Yeah, Paul. And Drew Holiday is actually, he might be getting better. He's averaging like 19 and 8. He's an all-star. He was an all-star like seven years ago, and then he's an all-star this year, which mm. I don't know if there's ever been a bigger gap between all-star appearances. Yes, Marv. I think he was an all-star 10 years apart, as a matter of fact, even longer than yeah. that. So he was in Hall of Very Good. I would say, wouldn't say Hall of Fame. We discussed how his name hurts him for star power. Mm. It's like, um, here's a guy whose name hurt him for star power. The running back Todd Gurley of Georgia. Oh, Fantastic ball player. Todd. Todd Gurley does not install. Todd. You know, you know, make me, okay. Yeah. You're no not fun. afraid of anybody named Todd. Right? That's true. Even Paul Gurley, I'm not, a, right. I'm my, not afraid of. My name's not. Okay, but is it Todd or is it the, the name Gurley? It's a combo. Oh, Todd. It's handed off to Todd. Yeah. Well, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Way, 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 way too much work there. Is uh, Lefko with us? He sure yeah, is. Adam Lefko, uh, host of NBA on TNT, joining us on the program. Uh, what do you think about that? Of all of the good play, like Drew Holiday, I think is hampered by his name. Shea Gilgis Alexander, the whole, whole of very good. I, I think the fact that Drew spells it with a J uh, takes it, uh, I think out of the the disappointment of oh, Drew. Okay. Um, also, I just want to confirm it is the longest gap between All Star appearances uh, for an NBA player. Mm. Um, but by golly, Golden Boy, yeah. uh, I agree about Todd. I can't. I can't be worried about a Todd. No. And like, if I'm a defense, as great as Todd Gurley was, be like, you know, hey, we're building a defense to stop Todd. I do think, though, because I'm sure you've heard this. So they yell Peter on NFL punts when they don't want you to touch the ball. They yell Peter, Peter, Peter. And part of the belief behind it, according to the Sims family, uh, from what they've told me, mm. is no NFL players are named Peter. Now, I would argue that Peter <laughs> Warwick was a really dynamic Peter. 
But I do think it's interesting that when I look at my memory of the NFL, I don't remember a Peter. So apparently the reason you yell, Peter, 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 is there's no NFL players named Peter. That is next level. That's next level stuff right there. Has nothing to do mm. with your job with the NBA, but it is next level. I appreciate that. You know, that. I'm, I'm like you at Eastern Kentucky, baby. I'm a Swiss Army knife. I can kind of do anything. No, I, I was not a Swiss Army knife. I was, I was I was basically Well no, you could be a Swiss Army knife, but you just don't pull any of the knives out. True. You just keep it in the container. <laughs> when you're sitting on the bench, I was basically a spoon that was in the drawer and was never pulled out. All right. You were the toothpick on the side that could come out, the little white one. Yeah. All right. When teams step up when a star player is out, we saw that with Milwaukee with you know, one game. How do you explain Memphis last night against the Lakers? It is. I have talked to a lot of NBA players about this. Candace and I had this conversation one time where there were times where she really didn't feel like she could go. And when she sat, she saw a higher performance from her teammates because she wasn't there at all compared to when if she tried to tough it out. And so there is that reaction of, oh, they're not here at all. This is what we've seen from Memphis, though, for two seasons. Remember last year, I think they were like 20 and two in the regular season when John Morant wasn't playing. Uh, I think seeing Xavier Tillman out duel Anthony Davis was shocking. Uh, and that's the, the takeaway that I have for the Lakers completely is this cannot be a Anthony Davis steps up when he thinks it's time. This needs to be what Joel Embiid is to the Sixers. Anthony Davis is to the Lakers. And I always go back to the top 75. And the fact that Anthony Davis made that list, and I know it's not fair, but Shaq had this too. Shaq was named to the top 50, and he was less than a decade into the NBA. And he had to live up to that and then win all those championships after the fact. But he did. I think Anthony, and he did. And that's that's the dilemma with Anthony Davis is you cannot get, you cannot let up 23 and 13 to Xavier Tillman, and you don't even hit 10 until the fourth quarter. Um but I, I want to say that I really appreciate Dylan Brooks because Bruce Wayne would never put on the suit if there wasn't a Joker. He would never get ready if there wasn't the Riddler. And the fact that Dylan Brooks is called, we haven't seen this since Lance Stevenson, someone that is getting in his face and calling him old. We get LeBron with two days thinking about him being old at I, I wanted to stay staples. Crypto.com arena, yeah. baby. Ethereum is going to go through the roof. I just, <laughs> I love the bad guys because who wants to be the one that nobody likes? Dylan Brooks probably grew up with LeBron as a hero and he's calling him an MF and bum, like to his face. It's not a fun role, but I appreciate him so much. Okay. he He's obviously baiting LeBron. Like he probably would love nothing better than LeBron to waste all of his energy in game three, try to put, you know, 40 on him and take him out of the game, you know, where he had been relying on his role players. And now, you know, I don't know if LeBron takes the bait because he's been down the road many, many times. But I brought this up to Jim Jackson yesterday and he sent it right back to me. I said, I don't remember guys doing that to Michael Jordan, this level of disrespect. He goes, oh, no. We did. You just paid the price, but guys did it. The Pistons as a team did it. And this is pre-social media. But mm. he said, you know, you would get in Mike's face or Kobe's face or Bird's face. And I just didn't remember 
the level of it feels like disrespect to LeBron. What Memphis does, mm. certainly with Dylan Brooks. Well, we I, I've heard so many stories about you, you don't want to wake the black cat in Jordan, yeah. where somebody says something early or somebody says something at halftime, and then everybody looks at that guy. You're like, are you crazy? And then Jordan drops 30 on your head in the second half, or uh, he he heard something golfing and then goes out that night and drops 40. Uh, I just think, you know, right now we're living each game in real time. Uh, and I also think this is going to be the media nerd side of me. I think we have more cameras than ever before that have so, that I think there's always three dedicated to being on LeBron and they're in slow motion and they're zoomed in 50 X. So maybe we just missed them back in the days of Bob Costas on NBC. Um, but oh yeah, like now we're zooming in and spits flying and tempers are flaring. Talking to Adam Lefko, host of NBA on TNT on Tuesdays. How does Steve Kerr spin this? How do you make this a positive and build momentum against Sacramento? I think Steve Kerr goes in there and says, the last six times we faced this team at home, we've beat them by 11 or more points. I think he says, we've done what we've done all year. We were 11 and 30 on the road. And we've been 33 and eight at home. That's the part of this that I don't think people are thinking about. The Warriors, by the numbers, were going to lose those two games. They are the lower seed in Sacramento, and they've been historically the worst home road split in the history of the NBA. And now they are going to where they are 33 and eight at home. I think, I think Steve knows that his offense, I, I believe, if I'm going to make a bold prediction here oh, on the Dan oh, Patrick whoa, show. Whoa. Okay. Hold on here. This is the hold on here. Okay. Yeah. If I could get like a music or a drum roll or something. Here we go. Adam Lefko, NBA on TNT Tuesdays. Tonight will be <laughs> the Jonathan Kaminga game. Oh, okay. Maybe. This will be the game where we got you doing the show tomorrow, being like, this is why they didn't trade the guy. I think he's going to have thunderous dunks. He's going to be in that point forward role, kind of dishing it out. Tonight is the Jonathan Kaminga game. Wow. I think I think the fact that I looked this up today, Sacramento has not started a series up 3-0 since the championship in 1951. The last time they won. Sacramento has not gone up 3-0 in a series since 1951. Golden State has not lost three games in a playoff series since they blew the 3-1 lead to the Cavs. I don't think it happens tonight. I'm going Warriors. But bigger picture, who wins this series? Ooh. Uh, I'm still going to take the Warriors. I think it goes game seven. I think it's in Sacramento, and I know we could talk about home road. One team has been in game sevens for the last 10 years, and one hasn't been in the playoffs in 17. So I'm going to take... I'm going to, man, the odds probably right now, I don't know what uh, sports book you're affiliated with. I'm sure it's pretty nice for the Warriors to win the series. I'm looking at the early odds to win the NBA Finals MVP. It's according Ooh. to DraftKings. Do you want to guess early odds MVP? I'm going to say uh, the early favorite is Jason Tatum. He's second. I'm going to say the early favorite is Nikola Jokic. He is fifth. Giannis. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Then Tatum, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, 
and then the Joker. I'm also interested in this, that the Suns are favored against the Clippers tonight. and In L.A.? Yes, but having watched the Clippers, the Suns had to play a perfect game in game two. You know, they were down 12 yeah, they're, in the second quarter. It, but they, they don't have any depth. And I know the Clippers don't have Paul George because if they did, mm-hmm. then they, they would win this series. And they still might. But why do you think Phoenix is favored against the Clippers when they had to play a perfect game in game two and now the Clippers are at home? Uh, I always look at the odds because I'm a degenerate. I'm thinking about they're trying to induce bets, not that they believe that's what's the spread. Do you uh, have that? I have uh, the Suns by two and a half. That's a lot. It is. Yeah. I, um, I, so my degenerate brain goes, there was a big bet placed on the Clippers, and the books <laughs> are needing to induce more bets. Oh. Um, By the way, the- or, the, or, or there's a lot of money on the Suns, and they're trying to get more money to come onto the Clippers right now. Um, yeah, I, I think also there's um, just – in the playoffs, I'm always amazed at the recency bias from game to game and how uh, you know a team wins and it's, <laughs> can you believe that the Suns are going to win this series? Yeah, Kawhi has looked masterful. Yeah. Masterful. Yeah. But look, if the Suns blow it, it'll be the biggest blown opportunity since Jenny Batchy. Wow. I don't think you can talk about my former girlfriend like that. Well, you know, when I... Talk to Jay Ketley every day. No, it's you know, Jay, Jay, Jay yeah, Almost. You almost pulled it off there. If, if, oh, uh, my T's look like F's. That was a, that was a Jenny Batchy right there. All right. Too soon. Too soon. Oh, Still love man. her. Still love Sorry. her. By the way, uh, James Harden's storyline playoff time. Because I love what the Sixers did this year. It was quiet. Most of the conversation was Embiid winning the MVP. Harden played mm-hmm. at, a, at a really nice level, you know, leading the league in assists. He could get you 21, zero drama. There's no Ben Simmons. There's, no, there's nothing going on here, which I like for this team. But mm. in the playoffs, James Harden is going to have to be able to be a little bit more. And we've seen playoff Harden. And it not a pretty picture. Mm. I, I'm going to the game tonight, and uh, I'm going with your buddies uh, Nick Wright. Oh, and um, I uh, this is my team. Like I, I was raised a Sixers fan. Game one is not sustainable. Seven threes, most in a playoff game in Sixers history since Iverson. Uh, and then we, but we've seen in games one and two his inability to explode in the lane. His inability to compete around the basket is a huge issue. Also, he's not going to the free throw line anymore, where him and Embiid were number one and number two in free throw attempts. And that's how they would change the game. They'd get everybody in foul trouble. They'd slow the game down. I think what gives me a little bit of hope for the Sixers is Tyrese Maxey made the jump from game one to game two. The question is, can Harden's facilitating – Plus, Maxi's explosiveness and Embiid down low. Can that be sustainable? My problem is right now, the Nets are completely selling out and Embiid on doubling Embiid. And Embiid is still catching the ball 20, 25 feet from the basket and trying to play this facilitator role. Let's see if it happens tonight. Games one and two, first half, he'd catch the ball out there. The offense would be stagnant. Second half, he'd go to the block and then he'd go from there. But... 
From Harden's perspective, it's the reason why I don't think the Sixers can beat the Bucks or the Celtics is because I think that the Celtics have a number of guys that can take Harden off the dribble that I don't think Harden can take off the dribble. Harden's not faster than White. He's not faster than Tatum. He's definitely not faster than Brown. I think Marcus Smart locks him up. And then at that point, mm. you're a spot-up shooter. And I don't think seven threes is something you can expect every game. How about a round of applause for Adam Lefko, who brought it, I think. No. Nice. I mean, Fritzy didn't want him on the show today. Nope. but Lefko, really? Typical Todd energy. Yeah. Typical Todd. Yeah. Nobody's afraid of somebody named Todd. So Lefko. Dan, I have a, yeah. I have a career question for you okay. since this is like a staple. Yeah, I saw I, I saw you. You got like this big interview on a website, like awful announcing about your philosophy and doing your hosting stuff. And I thought I thought there might be a name drop in there that you know what Dan, I drop you every time. Dan Patrick said to be like John Stockton, just dish, make everybody better. I I didn't I didn't hear didn't ring, uh, did they edit it out? You literally read the one article where I did. Yeah, yeah. I've been you, I've been dropping your name in every interview. I'd I'm like, trying to I, get the search I, terms. I'd like to correction, uh, you know, an update on that. Okay, so what's the career advice I can give you? Okay, I have I have a, a joke. So, do you know what Chat GPT is? Yes. Okay, so I heard you guys talking about trash talk. Yeah. And so I asked Chat GPT. I said, "You're a world class comedian, and you were playing basketball with Dan Patrick." What trash talk would you say to him? And I just I want to say uh, one of them to you okay. before I ask this okay. question. All right, here we go. And boy, their comedy stinks. Okay. Okay. Hey Dan, is your jump shot sponsored by NASA? Because it's taking so long to come back down to Earth. I thought it was in orbit. Chat GPT. <laughs> it's too wordy, Lefko. <laughs> I've seen better defense in a toddler soccer game, Dan. At least they all chase the ball together. You, on the other hand, seem to be playing hide-and-seek with it. Once again, too wordy and too much like dad jokes. If your basketball skills were a sports news headline, it'd read, Breaking news, Dan Patrick's ankle breaker breaks own ankles. Witnesses stunned. You know... I, I have to admit, you're you're making me miss Todd giving me mock headlines. So I asked also ChatGPT for three <laughs> jokes about Dan's producer Todd Fritz, um, and I thought this one was really good. Mm. Todd's love for sports trivia is legendary. I bet if you asked him how many dimples there are on a golf ball, he'd not only give you the exact number, but also provide a detailed history of dimple design and its impact on ball trajectory. And he'd do it while booking you or your next A-list guest. Boom. Wow, that... <laughs> Hold on. Is this a roast? My insides are hurting from laughing so much. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, oh. Okay. Oh, uh, my you career, know what? Let me take question. let me take back the round of applause for Adam Lefko. Oh wait, he deserves way more. That uh, that was hilarious. Yeah. Wow. Dude, Chat well GPT, done, Adam. I'm just on here all the time asking like different. Th okay. Dan uh, Patrick, my, my, shut the hell up. Okay. My uh, career question for you is okay. Dan. Okay. When you went from growing vertically yeah. to like, I want to get the next job. Yeah. To horizontally, yeah. when you were like, I want to do more. Yeah. What was the big decision that you make that you're like, man, I'm I'm so thankful I did that when you went horizontally instead of vertically? Well, I was doing Sports Center, 
but then I would volunteer to do play-by-play on the weekends where I didn't even get paid at ESPN. I just said, can I do some college basketball games? I wanted to get out. I wanted to meet more coaches and players and kind of be a little bit more well-rounded, get more sources, things like that. Then there was ESPN Radio, and I started volunteering for that on the weekends as well. And this is when I was still doing the 11 o'clock Sports Center. I just said, you know what? And they didn't want me to do either one of those. And I said, well, I'm going to volunteer. You can't turn me down. So I, I was not afraid to try a couple of things, even though I was still doing something at a pretty high level doing the 11 o'clock Sports Center. Mm. And you just started to see changes happen after yeah. that. Yes, yes. It just makes you more well-rounded with stories. Uh, you know, having people you can call is so invaluable in this business. When you have somebody you trust and you've been in doing this for you know now 40 years, you're able to get that information. And information is key in this, in this, in mm. this small little world that we're in. I got to start talking to more people than just Todd. Okay. And Nick Wright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll, that'll be my guy. Hey, when you, uh, when you see Nick Wright, uh, tell him I ask about his wife. I will. Okay. I will. I don't know if that's a burn or you're actually being uh, genuine. So you'll you'll see by his reaction. He really <laughs> he loves that I love his wife. I appreciate his wife. I will. Okay. I will say hi for you once again. Round of applause for Adam Lefko. Yeah. 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 Love you guys. Yeah. All of a sudden, Todd seems funny. You know. <laughs> That's sad <laughs> yeah, I, that you feel that way. Uh, Lefko, so uh, NBA on TNT Tuesdays, also hosting Bleacher Reports NFL Draft Show for the 10th straight year. That'll be next Thursday. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces, like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games, like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win, or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. 
you know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack you know, one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. We'll get to more phone calls coming up. Also, the Max Scherzer incident yesterday. We have some thoughts on that. Poll question for our Two is what, Seton O'Connor, before we get to B. John Robinson. Then we're doing the B. John Robinson game. Okay. Where, which team, oh, okay. which team will draft B. John Robinson? Okay, let's go around the room before we bring him in. Seton, I'll start with you. Where do you think B. John Robinson will go? I think it's going to be the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. What pick do they have? It's a little further down, so maybe they, hopefully they trade up. Okay. Marvin? I'm going to say the Eagles. The Eagles. Wow, that'd be the 10th pick. Todd? I was thinking Eagles, too. I think the better story, but I don't think it's going to fall that far, would be the Cowboys. All right, Paulie? I wanted to pick Detroit at 18. There is no way he gets past the L.A. Chargers at 21. They could use him. Well, depending on Austin Eckler. Yes. Yes, Seton. I see the Falcons a lot, too. Okay. A lot of mocks have got Falcons. I'm going to go Cowboys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Cowboys. Let's bring in the Texas running back and uh, unanimous All-American. All right. Where do you think you're going to go, Bijan? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. You know, I, I'm I'm really interested to see where I'm going to go next week. Um, I don't I don't have a a say or a pick, but I'm just, I'm just happy to be be wherever wherever who picks me up. Okay, and, so no names now, but have yeah. you been promised by a team that if you're there when they pick that they're taking you? Uh, I don't know. No, <laughs> no, you. They have to have told you. Did a team tell uh, you you won't get past us? Uh, team team hasn't said that. Okay, okay. We, we, we know we've just been talking. How many inter- how many interviews have you done? How many teams you met with? I've been to two teams, two teams, um, and like for for official visits to to their city, only two teams. And those teams are the Eagles and the Buccaneers of the two teams I met with. But I've been talking to like. A lot of teams um, on Zoom and stuff and and on calls. So, but yeah, those are the two places that I've been. If somebody hasn't seen you play, how would you describe your style? Yeah. So for me, you know, I'm a guy that that can do do everything on the field. Um, You can, you know, really versatile. Line me up at receiver, slot, running back. You know, do do everything at the same value. Um, And then a guy that can, you know, really make people miss anywhere on the field, uh, create a mismatch with, with guys on the field and, you know, still be just as effective and, and even 
pass blocking, um, just little things, little nuances. And I think that my vision on the field is the thing that, you know, that that I think that I put in my game and, and you know, probably, probably a lot of in my game. So I, I guess that would, that would describe me uh, mainly. And it's good to throw in pass blocking because, you know, that that's always good to hear, if, you know, if a quarterback's like, oh, yeah, and he can pass block. So that, that that's good to have. Who is your player comp? Who are you, people say you remind me of? Uh, I would say uh, Ladanian Tomlinson. Oh, okay, uh, <laughs> that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that's just pretty. Uh, just styles styles in our game. Um, even just what he can do and and catching the ball at the backfield and still being effective after the catch, and then obviously his running style. You know how he, you know, can get from you know zero to sixty really fast while still you know in in weird situations of trying to break tackles and trying to you know create angles for himself. So and that's what I pride in in my game as well. So I think that that's that's the comp that that people t- tend to give me a lot of. But I wonder about this, that, you know, talking to a scout who said you're a top five talent, but you yeah. won't, but you won't go in the top five. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I understand, um, you know, you know what, what people are thinking and what people say, um, you know, I believe that any team that gets me is is such a blessing, and I know that God's going to put me in the in the right position, no matter where I'm at. Um, but you know, I can't I can't think what, what, I can't change what people are thinking. Uh, you know, a team a team has where I'm going to be at, and, and a team knows where I'm going to be at. And if that's in the top ten, if that's not, then it's going to be a blessing either way. So I'm, I'm just trying to enjoy the moment, and you know, people are going to have opinions, but. You know, we, we we all don't know, so we're just all going to see. You know, in a week. Are you a Cowboys fan? I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a team fan. You know, I've never been a team fan. I've always been like a, a player fan. Um, that that's the that's the kind of guy I've been. So I've been a player fan like growing up. Um, you know, my grandpa he was a, a Pat twelve official, so he he was really he he can never be a fan of any team. So he would like bring it in the household of like y'all. Like you don't got to be a fan of nobody. Just pick a player y'all like <laughs> and your dad uh, grandpa cleo so he was yeah. there in the in the pack 12 you yeah. loved reggie bush yeah how did you not end up at usc uh i mean you know just just a lot of prayer took me to texas but i think that the, you know usc was definitely uh in the cards for me um that was in my top four and you know they actually asked reggie if if i can wear number five um if i went there and he he approved he said yeah um so it, it it came down really close, really close, just because like that would have been like a cool story and a cool thing. But I knew I had to go to Texas, man. And I mean, it worked out, but USC was definitely definitely in the cards back back then. But also <laughs> the NIL money. I mean, yeah. you're like the first generation of name, image, and likeness football players. So how does it work when you go to Texas? Mm-hmm. When when do you hear how do you hear from a company that they want to a sponsor you or you're going to endorse their product yeah so i mean even just me going to texas um there's so many resources and so many like brands that are affiliated with 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 the university and you know for me you know it was when it happened um it all started you know in the summer and you know my, my marketing guy brian bernie you know he, he was a guy that that came out and was like we need to attack this as fast as possible and that's what we did um so there, there was a lot of like big brands like Canes and um, like Verizon that started coming 
uh, really fast. So we just try to we just try to utilize everything. To well, the when do you get the car? When do you get the sports car? Okay, so that was this. That was last summer. That was last summer. So that the you mean the Lamborghini? Deal? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, yeah. That was last summer. Uh, you know, we we came we came together. Um, me and uh, the guys at. Did you know how to drive a Lamborghini? I did not. I did not. <laughs> but I, 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 I learned real fast. <laughs> and then, and then, when somebody says we want to have a mustard. Yeah, so even even those guys, I mean, David and Craig, those the other you know majority owners of the of the company. You know, we we came together as well and was like, we need to make this mustard a thing, uh, the Bijan mustard, and literally <laughs> in six months, it became 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 a huge deal. So it's it's pretty cool. He's uh, Bijan Robinson, Texas running back. He's not sure where he's going, but I think he knows where he is going to go, or maybe he wants to go. I, 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 I'm, I get the sense, you know, where you want to go, but you can't say that. Um, also, you started out as running back, yep. and it didn't go well when you first started out playing running back, did it? <laughs> yeah, so it was. Uh, I was what, five years old, um, six years old, and I started the flag football league, and I started at running back. And my first couple drives, I, I was running backwards. So I would get the ball and start running backwards. Um and Wait, my, you ran my, in the wrong direction. Yeah, right, the wrong direction. I was running to the other team's end zone. So I'll give the ball. <laughs> <laughs> ran to the other team's end zone. And you uh, wondered why nobody was chasing you. Yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm good. Nobody's good. <laughs> Touchdown. The people were tripped. Like the the everybody, they were going crazy. Like, what are you doing, dude? Like, go the other way. <laughs> uh, but, best player you played against? Best player I played against, I'll probably say Will Anderson. Um, you know, just how how sound he is as a player. You know, he he never really misses assignments. So you got to be, you know, really focused in and, and really hone in on your details playing against a guy like that because he can start off on, on the line. He can end up at linebacker. Like, you, re- you really just don't know where, he, where he's going to play at. So I think that he was a guy that really gave us, you know, a, a huge, especially myself, a huge challenge to to get past him. Um, but I, I think that he's the, the best one that I've played you know, my, in my college career. I saw on Instagram, your Instagram, you met LeBron back in December. Yeah. Yeah. That how, was, uh, how did that come about? Yeah. So when I, when I signed up uh, with, with, with my agency, you know, clutch, um, you know, I was in, I was in LA and we, you know, kind of went to the, to the Lakers game. Um, and I mean, it, it was all kind of set up that we met LeBron after the game. Um, and that was just like a huge moment just because like, I, that's been my my favorite player, my guy for you know all my life. Uh, so hearing, you know, what he had to say about about myself and the respect that he had for my game, and you know how he watched me in, in my college career, it was it was a good moment to to hear from I, I would say the greatest player um, in, in my generation to play the game. Uh, just to hear like what he had to say about me, and it, it was it was a lot of confidence, a lot of motivation for what I'm trying to do in, in the league as well. So it was it was pretty cool meeting a guy like that. Um, and talking to him for what, sure. What kind of football player do you think LeBron would make? I mean, that dude would be a beast. I think he'll be a maybe like a tight end receiver, um, and just absolutely dominate. Especially at his size and his speed, it'll be hard to stop him. Well, we look at a big guy in football, yeah, and then there's a big guy in the NBA, and there's a, a big difference in those sizes of what's big in the NFL 
that could be like you know six six five you know two eighty, where LeBron is six nine two seventy. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, and he and he looks like a receiver. Like he could play a receiver, um, which is which is crazy to me. But that's why I think that he would he would definitely dominate if he if he played the game. For well, sure. he played. He was a high school. Uh, he was all state as a, a tight end or wide receiver. Yeah, I, I think receiver. Yeah, and not bad. Looked, yeah. Uh, do you got the suit picked out? I do. I do. So, so I'm actually gonna go try it on today and, and make sure everything is 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 correct. But it's, it's it's gonna be a nice a uh, nice surprise. You know what I would do when you're drafted? Yep. Instead of hugging the commissioner, yeah, hand him some of your mustard. That would actually be like pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm like, okay. See, that's that's an idea. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll go back. And, uh, Maybe some chicken fingers. Don't be surprised if it actually happens. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, it's just next level. I mean, your marketing department, I'm sure, does a, a good job, but I do a great job. Wow. I'm that's... the Lamborghini of marketing, guys, <laughs> just to let you know. I, I believe it, too. Um, you, just, you just said it, Bill. I think it's great. I think uh, do that. And, and just remember, the suit that you wear on draft night, they're going to yeah. be looking at that for decades. And you don't want them to look back and go, man, what was Bijan wearing? Right. Be, be clean. Just just be clean. No mustard color. And yeah, don't absolutely. and maybe a tie if you want to give a little acknowledgement to Texas. A little burnt orange if you want. Okay. But be clean. And, and and that way it lives on forever. We don't look back and go, man, what was he thinking? What was he what was this dude wearing? Yes. No, clean. Make sure you clean. Yes, sir. Now, yes. now I'm going to tune into the draft. Now, because I know what you're going to do. There's going to be product placement, you and the commissioner, uh, and you're going to go to the Dallas Cowboys, and it's going to be a great story. Going to be a great story. Um, hey, good luck, okay? And uh, congrats on your success, and uh, we'll be watching on draft night. Man, I, I appreciate you having me, having me on the show, man. That's uh, Bijan Robinson. First of all, with a name like Bijan, you got to be a star. And... Uh, Unanimous All-American and uh, great first round grade. Come on, product placement. I love that. Now we've just opened the door for product placement on draft night. I'm sure the NFL is thrilled about oh, that. Oh, I know. But you know what? If if it prevents the commissioner from giving a hug to one of these players that's more a, a deeper hug than I give my wife, then I'm okay with that. Because the commissioner's like, Here's a, here's a, who's the lineman out of Iowa? What's his name? Like Skronsky or something? And he's something. Like, oh, congratulations. Like, dude, just shake his hand. Give him a hug. Like, I never want to let you go. Yes, Marv. I'm not mad at it because. Oh, it's terrible. It's these guys dream. And you know what? Yeah. I need someone to hug. But you would think it's the commissioner's dream. But. He's a part of that guy's dream. I'm sure as a kid, those guys that are nah, going to get drafted next week. I always feel. They said they want to shake the commissioner's hand and give him a hug. I feel awkward. What's that? I Then I'll give I you a hug during the break. Okay, fair you enough. need a hug? It's the last time they'll hug the commissioner. <laughs> yes. Yes. Eaton. I know. I mean, it's they're entering this super exclusive hug and uh, club. And that hug is the entrance into uh, it. It's the doorway. Is it's, anybody, it's a great is moment. Is anybody... Uh, uncomfortable watching those hugs on draft night. Is it just me? I, I, I see what you're saying. It can be uncomfortable, but I, I think Marvin and Cena are right. You want someone to hug. The big guy's there. You love him. It's your dream. 
You get you get the stage. I just I hand, you know bring you in a little little bro. That's, I that's mean, 2010. That's yeah. over. Yeah. That dude, you did it. You made it. Right. You, you made, made it. If Bijan shows up on stage with a big thing of Bijan mustard and oh, sauce and just holds it out, like, turns to the camera. Yes. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. All right, let me take a break. I got phone calls to get. We got to talk about Max Scherzer and his glove and sticky stuff and all of that. Mark Messier will join us coming up next hour. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This is Steve Cavino and Rich Davis, and together we are Cavino and Rich. Cavino and Rich. Thanks, buddy. Uh, that's right, Cavino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio's newest hit show, heard weekdays from five to seven Eastern, two to four Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Every Cavino and Rich show is available as a podcast. Just search Covino and Rich wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. I'm such a rocking dude. The show features our unique take on sports, injected with some fun, humor, and relatability. Listen to Covino and Rich five days a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covino and Rich, give me a hell yeah. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You could trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the. I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what too is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games, like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win, or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Sound the trumpets. It's horse racing time, so saddle up for all the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right there on the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with the code DP. 
only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18-PLUS, 21-PLUS in certain states to open or access an account and a resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wagers within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DKHorse.com. We spent a little bit of time yesterday talking about Morgan Barron. He plays for the Winnipeg Jets, and he took at least 75 stitches and then came back the next period. And I was wondering, are you born tough or do you become tough when you become a hockey player? And then I said to Fritzy, why don't you see if we could get Mark Messier on? Uh, Let's do over-under stitches that Mark has had in his career. Todd, I'll start with you. Has has Messier had at least 75 total stitches? Yes. I was going to guess something in the neighborhood of 93. 93. Seton? At one time or total? Total. I'm going to go 175. 175. Yeah. Marvin? I'm going to go 123. Paulie? I'm going under 20. Mark gave out stitches. Exactly. He gave out oh, stitches. Exactly. Exactly. I'll say Messier less than 25 stitches. He joins us now. All right, Mess. How many stitches in your 20-year career? I would have zero idea how many, but I know it was more than uh, I know it was more than 20. Okay. I know it was less than a thousand, but somewhere <laughs> in between. <laughs> What's the worst uh, injury you got where you had to get stitches? Uh. You know, that's a great question. I was pretty lucky uh, in a lot of uh, aspects uh, from injury standpoint. Uh, I never had a, a cut where I had 75 stitches like Baron did the other night. That was uh, pretty pretty uh, gutty for him to come back the way he did. But uh, I, I was more happy that uh, it was awfully close to his eye. That, would, that could have yeah. been a catastrophic uh, injury, but uh, he, 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 got, he definitely got lucky. But do they just stitch you up on the table? They just take you in the back and just start... Stitching. Oh, yeah, they get the old the old needles, a little binder twine that they put the hay bales together and they sew you back together and they throw you back out there right away. But are you uh, not numbing and numbing and freezing is optional. <laughs> are you born tough as a hockey player or do you become tough as a hockey player? Well, I think the sport the sport uh, uh, makes you tough. Uh it's uh it's it's a lot of pain to play hockey. It's certainly a lot of pain to play winning hockey. Uh blocking shots and sacrificing your body and all the inherent risks that go out there. Everybody thinks, uh, and, and it is, uh, hockey is an amazing artistic ballet on ice. Uh, I, I, I often refer to it as more of a knife fight. So you got a 60-minute knife fight with, uh, you know, 24 switchblades of people skates traveling at 30 miles an hour. So the inherent dangers on the ice are are there every day. And it's just a reminder when, when something happens, about, uh, it's just how dangerous a sport it is. And, and how, you know how how incredibly tough and you know uh, you know how much resilience the, the players have uh, to play in that kind of tournament for two months under that kind of pressure. But is your toughness different than Wayne Gretzky's toughness? Well, that's 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 a great question. You know, Brian Leach was maybe one of the toughest players I ever played with, and he never had a fight in the National Hockey League. Uh, uh, but you know, as a, as a smaller defenseman, uh, he never once uh, backed away from going into his own zone when he had the likes of Laren, Eric Lindros, you know, coming bearing down on him uh, at full speed. 
So there's many different ways to to talk about toughness in hockey. It's, it's just not fighting. It's it's the willingness to go stand in, in the hard areas in front of the net and take a pounding to score a goal. It's uh, you know taking a check to get the puck out of your own zone in the dying seconds. Uh, you know, so toughness comes in many different forms in hockey. Is is Wayne the best player of all time? Oh uh, well, I, I don't. I think he might be the best athlete of all time. If you ask me, I'm a little biased because I got to see pure genius for all the years I played with him and against him. Uh, his numbers stack up that nobody can compare us from a statistical standpoint. So if you want to talk about the best athlete uh, over the last century, uh, my 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 guess would probably be Wayne Gretzky. But I wonder, and, and the reason why I say this, we look at Michael Jordan and LeBron can't surpass Michael Jordan in a lot of people's minds. It. What would it take for somebody to surpass Gretzky as the greatest player of all time? Well, it's all subjective, as you know, because we really are comparing, you know, uh, athletes from different eras and the game has changed, technology, science, training. I mean, everything's changed. Athletes are getting bigger, stronger. But what you can do is you can compare uh, different athletes of what they did to their contemporaries when they played the game. And, And if you just do that statistically alone, uh, Wayne's numbers just outshine everybody's uh, from what he did uh, to the competition. So I'm not sure how you can really judge it other than people have their opinions and, and certainly they have their favorites. I mean, Michael Jordan was an easy guy to, to like and the Bulls run was magical. Uh, even if you weren't a Bulls fan, you couldn't take your eyes off it. Uh, you know, compelling t- uh, TV. So, um, but like I said, <laughs> I'm a little biased with, with Wayne and because I got to see it up close and personal. How do you think this season with Connor McDavid is going to be viewed historically? Well, I think, you know, he's emerging as one of the best players to ever play the game. Um, you know, I think for what he did this year in a, in a new cap era uh, with the new rules, uh, the, the, the goaltending becoming much better, the defense is much stronger. Um, you know, I think there's so many different ways that you can look at what he did this year and how powerful of a season individually it was. Um, and ultimately, you know, we're always judged on whether you can actually win a championship as a player. And uh, statistically, and what he's doing as an individual uh, is, uh, is, is incredibly impressive. Uh, you know, he's probably, if you look at all the other sports right now, is there anybody that's dominating his sport as much as he is? Uh, from an individual standpoint. But as you know, in a team sport, it's all about the championships and your legacy. Yeah, sometimes you look at the greatness of a player by who's next in line to that great player, and it feels like there's a big separation there. With Well, there is a big delta there this year, and maybe more so than any other sport. That's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, similarly with the Boston Bruins. I mean, it's great to have an unbelievable regular season, but Golden State Warriors won 73 games one year. They didn't win the championship. Well, it's hard to believe that uh, the Boston Bruins, under the amount of parity that's in the league right now, uh, with the salary cap, trying to keep a team together for any number of years is so difficult that they actually set a record in the, in the history of our game with 65 wins this year. It's incredible. And I don't, I don't really know if people understand how much of an amazing feat that was for Boston this year, especially early on when nobody gave them the, 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 the respect that they ultimately deserved because of the injuries that they had and nobody penciled them in to, I think everybody was thinking if they could just hold on to 500 and then get healthy and make the playoffs. Yeah. I, I didn't see it coming. I don't think anybody saw it coming. This magical run, it was just it, one of the most impressive things I've seen in our game in, in many, many years. 
mess if I gave you the Bruins or the field? That's a great. Uh, that's that. Wow, that that would be a great prop bet. Uh, I uh, see now. I even know the language for the new <laughs> <laughs> for the gambling. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, I would probably have to take the field on that. Yeah. Uh, there's just so many things that can could, can go wrong. Uh, injuries, so many th- different things play a factor, and um, and every team has their weaknesses. I mean, you, you don't see too many weaknesses with Boston because of the year they had, and you're trying to figure out where those weaknesses are. But as we saw last night, Florida played hard, and uh, sure enough, they deserved to win that game because of it, and they did. And uh, that's not an easy place to win in Boston. He's Mark Messier, the Hall of Famer. When uh, the Rangers won the Stanley Cup, I went to the party afterwards, and people were drinking out of the cup. Uh, and I, I uh, grabbed a sip out of the cup. I actually asked. Dan, can I just correct you? People were drinking a lot out of the Stanley Cup. <laughs> I asked you what was in the cup, and you had some colorful language, as if to say, if if you don't want to drink it, then pass it to somebody else. And, and and I don't know what was in that cup, but I I just went, I got to take a drink of the cup. And, Absolutely. Uh, and just and just take your chances. What was in there? Oh, I I, I think I, I, there could have been a concoction that God only knows what was in there. But the, one of the craziest things that I ever saw in the Stanley Cup was the world's largest. Remember in the old days back in the eighties, the 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 drink of choice. Was a B fifty two? I think it was Klua and oh. all these and vodka and all this. Well, they made the largest B fifty two in the Stanley Cup, and uh, <laughs> that that was that was that was a shot of choice that night. <laughs> but did you do any? I, I know that when uh, the Penguins won, I think it ended up at the bottom of Lemieux's pool or something like that. Like, did it, anybody any great stories with the uh, the Rangers Stanley Cup? Oh, I, I, I tell you what, if that Stanley Cup could talk, it could, uh, it, <laughs> that would be a, a bestseller. Uh, you know, I, I think the, the Stanley Cup has been well-traveled. And one of the things, Dan, as you know, that it's probably the only trophy that the players get to take and parade around and take to their hometowns and, and really celebrate the Cup. And it's probably one of the reasons why it's such a people's uh, trophy. Uh, everybody gets an opportunity, normally, when someone wins it, to take it to their hometown and get their picture taken with it and the magic that it creates and the the emotion that it that it creates but you know it's done a lot of good too you know not only the parties but it's done a lot of good with charities and many different uh, things and uh but as you know dan uh, we we did have to get the cup its own babysitter after a certain amount of uh, events took place with the cup so i think it's the only trophy in professional sports that has its own 24 7 babysitter <laughs> is there a player that you played against you would like a piece of you you still would like to hit him one more time, one more Every shift. Every one of them. Every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a place for pleasantries if you're trying to win. But when you played against Gretzky, having played with him, was there extra incentive? You, you weren't allowed to probably hit him in, in practice oh, yeah. or skate rounds. No, oh, oh, well, of course. I, I saw people try to hit him all the years that I played with him. And then, of course, when he got traded, I really quickly realized that my guess is I'm going to have to play, play him hard when we do play. And sure enough, the first year he got traded to L.A. when I was still in Edmonton, we played him in the playoffs. And then I realized how hard he is to capture and to hit. But uh, back in those days, uh, there was no taking any prisoners. Uh, I, if anything was in the way of trying to win something, <laughs> as good as a friend as Wayne was. Uh, <laughs> and you know the greatest part about it, Dan, too, is that I think he he knew that and he expected it. So 
uh, he was he was pretty wily on the ice, and he never got himself in a position to get hit too often. Great to see you. Hope you're having fun in TV, and uh, thanks for joining us. Great to be with you, Dan. Take care. That's Mark Messier. Stanley Cup playoffs continue tonight on the Mothership starting at 7 Eastern. Lightning and the Leafs, followed by Kraken Avalanche at 9.30. Mark will be doing a studio analysis for both of those games. The two things have stood out in my career when I met certain players. Joe Montana and Wayne Gretzky. And when you meet them, you go, how? How, how are you the best quarterback of all time? How are you the greatest hockey player of all time? And that's the beauty of sports. Sometimes we get caught up in you have to be this size. You have to look this way. And if you were around Joe Montana, you would go, uh, place kicker? Like uh, holder? Agent? And then you meet Gretzky and you're like, there's no way. There is no way. And then you watch him and you go, yep, something about it. But that's where we get caught up in stereotypes. And that's dangerous. Dangerous when you're drafting these players. You know, especially, you know, Montana was a third-round draft pick. And he said the first day he showed up, they thought he was a kicker. <laughs> yeah, pretty amazing. All right, let me get a couple of phone calls in here. Brandon in Ohio. Hi, Brandon. What's on your mind today? Hey, morning, guys. Hey. Um, so back to the uh, C.J. Stroud talk from earlier yeah. uh, with Brady Quinn's comments. It reminded me, and I'll profess I'm an Ohio State fan, but it reminded me of the Justin Fields talk when he came out about how he was a last-in, first-out kind of guy. His commitment was questioned. And it just seems like with Ohio State, for some reason, a lot of people look past the stats, which for both Field and Stroud were phenomenal, and they focus more on the – are they dedicated to the to craft to get better? Um, Stroud skipped the Manning passing camp, which I guess is a big thing that I didn't know about. And it seems like with schools like USC, they look past all of that. And like Sam Darnold was supposed to be the next coming of some greatness, and that didn't pan out. And there's a talk about Caleb Williams next year in the draft. So it's just sort of Ohio State, it feels like, gets a lot of critique on their quarterback history, and I'm not sure that's... Well, Brandon, I, I think it's it's recent because Ohio State has been a better team than USC and more draft picks there. And you got the best group of wide receivers of any university over the last decade, maybe even longer. And I could, I, I've talked to scout, well, one scout in particular, about trying to assess Ohio State quarterbacks. It's the same thing with Alabama trying to assess them. It's the same thing with Oklahoma. Go back to Texas Tech. Texas Tech would always have the leading passer in the nation, but they weren't great pros. But you create a system there, whether it was Mike Leach creating a system there, Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma. Ryan Day is really good with quarterbacks. You create this. Alabama opened things up. Uh, Lane Kiffin became the offensive coordinator. Steve Sarkeesian was there. And Nick Saban had to get with the times. It wasn't about running the football and playing defense. You had to open things up. And you watched Alabama. They always had All-Americans, wide receivers, great offensive line. And you'd have a running back taken in the first round. How am I assessing these quarterbacks here? And that makes it really challenging. Is it fair? Probably not. You go in almost with a bias. But I, I want to see what you do. At, at least two years. I, I don't want a one-year quarterback. 
that would make me nervous. You have to stay in college for three years, at least three years. I should be able to get enough of a sample size that I don't rely on one year. Because I learned more about Josh Allen the year after his talent left. And it, it, they weren't a very good team. But I want to see you when you struggle. Because that's what the NFL is. You're going to struggle. Now, what happens when you struggle? If I'm at Ohio State with those receivers, offensive line, offensive-minded head coach, I'm probably going to put up some great numbers there. What happens when you don't have that talent? That's what's hard to assess, and that's what these scouts will tell you. You're not quite sure. That's why I said I didn't want Dwayne Haskins. I didn't want Mitchell Trubisky. I didn't want Daniel Jones. I need to see a little bit more, and I need to see it on a big stage. I saw everything I needed with Deshaun Watson. I mean, let's take away what has happened off the field. On the field, he did everything you wanted him to do. He beat Alabama a couple times. Win a national title. There was no reason, zero, to take Mitchell Trubisky over him. Zero. Patrick Mahomes, I just remember telling the Danettes, man, that guy is fun to watch. I had no idea that he would be great. I just knew it, it was a guy playing in the backyard, and he's almost telling his receivers where to go, drawing plays in the dirt. That was it. And sometimes you can stay too long. And maybe Deshaun Watson stayed too long. Like Trevor Lawrence. You know, it, all right, he's good. All right, he's really good. All right, he's probably going to be the number one pick. And sometimes when you see those quarterbacks, uh, Matt Leinert stayed too long. Uh, Sam Darnold, you know, you're, you're like, okay, now what are you going to do? Can you match those numbers? Oh, you can't. Uh, maybe you're not as good. I mean, that's why it's such an inexact science. And these guys who get paid to do this, that's all they do. And you still can't do it with a high consistency. Because there are guys where, you, you know, David Klingler had a ton of talent. Washed out. David Carr was as talented as any quarterback. He didn't last. Tim Couch thought he was great quarterback. Jamarcus Russell had as much talent as any quarterback who's ever played. He didn't lose the talent. He lost the desire to want to be great. Ryan Leaf, same way. What makes Tom Brady so great? He didn't have the talent anywhere near some of these guys. It's just weird. It's different. And you're going to have that moment coming up, you know, next week. Anthony Richardson, ton of talent. You know, Will Levis. Okay. It comes down to what do you do when you get out on the field? I don't care you're 40. I don't care you're combine. I don't care about anything. Game on the line. What do you do? Do you pucker up or do you perform? At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, everybody. Game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. 
The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You could trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find. That's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, or you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. Uh, Miller Lite, great taste, less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com Patrick. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite.